that said that. <laughs> that's because I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> Recording in progress. There you go. We're away. We're, go. And we're away. Mm-hmm. We are. are. You well? I you am good? well. Yeah, I'm good. I'm a bit weary because uh, I went camping last night and uh, had the kind of night's sleep you have when you camp. So I'm a little bit, a little was bit cold? tired. No, it wasn't cold. It was like 15 degrees was the, the low during the night. So it was, it was very windy, though. We were quite high up. Mm. It's quite windy. But uh, thankfully, no no scary noises, no no wildlife where we were. So it wasn't... That's, no werewolves. That, or... No werewolves. No, it was a wild camp, by the way, if you're wondering what I'm talking about. Anyway, so yeah. What about, what about you? You've... Last time you're we gonna had... have to explain the wild camp because I had to ask it. Go on, explain what I've a wild always, camp is. I, I I've never heard of wild camp. Have, have it's like a wild camp. Like a... So basically, there are only there's only one place in the country where you are legally allowed to wild camp, which is in um, Dartmoor, and okay. you are also allowed to wild camp in Scotland, but not in England. However, it's kind of like a code of conduct amongst people who do it and landowners that if you do it and leave no trace you're not really going to have any problem it's like being respectful yeah where you are and make sure you're not near people and set up when there's no you know when everyone's finished for the day and pack up before dog walkers arrive and yeah it's just a way of finding really cool spots enjoying the view and Hmm. um yeah sounds nice bit of camping without facilities so yeah that's me and, but you've got to report back on the new arrival. The new arrival, the the puppy. Yeah. Willow. Yes, she's lovely, bundle of joy, but she's um she's very very hyper in the in the mornings. She's like, it's almost like she can't stop wagging her tail and jumping up at you, and she almost does almost does backflips because she's that excited to see you first thing in the morning. And she has other spells of that during the day as well, <laughs> before she goes to sleep normally. But she's she's lovely. She's lovely to look at. She's um she's a fox red Labrador, and she she's she's lovely. She's gorgeous. And she likes to chew wires. And she likes to chew, chew wires. And we're trying to keep the wires away from her. So every time I work, I have to work downstairs because she needs company and needs somebody to keep an eye on her as well. I just have to move my wires at the end of the day because I just know she'll she'll go for them. She's thrown her water um, bowl over several times because she's um, gnawed at the mat that it sits on. Yeah, she just likes chewing things. She's chewing at the chair at the moment that I sit on. I'm waiting for myself to fall through at some point because uh, she seems to like chewing things and brings back weeds and, and all, all sorts from the garden. So she's she's interesting, definitely keeping us on our toes anyway. Oh, a nice. She's lovely. She's lovely, though. A nice new addition to the family. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've been working my socks off really because I'm doing a course with the Oxford University, uh, say business school. I'm doing a course on executive leadership. Get me, eh? Oh, check you out. Uh, Yeah, and um, I'm doing my normal work as well. So I'm absolutely swamped, and I've got a puppy. Oh (laughs) God! So I'm. I'd like to think with that much on your plate, you haven't really had much time for films or TV. I've watched a couple of movies. um, Of course you have. (laughs) I always always have time for something. Um, More actually, sort of kiddie movies, really. So I've watched Elemental. So did I actually. Ah, and uh, Pixar Disney movie uh, where we follow Ember and Wade in their earth, water, should be wind really, but it's air and fire community. 
from the director of The Good Dinosaur, which I quite like The Good Dinosaur. That's quite, quite a nice, uh, sweet film. Then Disney Little Mermaid as well. Halle Bailey, not Halle Berry, Halle Bailey. And uh, Joda Howard King, uh, Ariel and Prince Eric. You've got uh, Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. You've got Javier Barden, who's King Triton in that. And that's not bad. It's pretty good. It's the, like the real-life version of The Little Mermaid and lots of singing and, and dancing kind of scenario. And then I texted you. I couldn't believe on the hottest day of the year, they had the holiday with Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jack Black, and good old blue eyes, Jude Law. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Channel 5, I think it was on. Do you know, on that same day, mm. I was at the pub in the village of Sheer in Surrey where they filmed that scene, ah, the Christmas scene, by complete Lovely. coincidence. So there you go. How bizarre. How bizarre. And then the other film I've watched, um, actually it was a while ago I watched this, but Netflix, they've got the Beanie Bubble with uh, Zach... I'm going to try and pronounce the surname. Gali Fiancakis? I know what you mean, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it either, but right. I know Gally what you mean. Gali There you the, go. The guy that was in The Hangover, right? Yes. Yeah. He plays the crate of the Thai beanies, and his partner in many ways, let's just say Elizabeth Banks, uh, who plays Robbie, and you've you got Sarah Snook in it as the girlfriend who you may have seen from Procession. And also you've got Geraldine uh, Viz Vanagfan. <laughs> I can't pronounce these surnames. Terrible. I'm so sorry. Viz Wanathan. There you go. Geraldine Viz Wanathan, who plays the assistant, but is really the marketing brains behind the beanie boom. So that was quite fun and interesting to watch as well never thought that would be made into a movie but it but it was obviously some very creative characters in this film anyway whether how true it is i i do not know but uh, certainly one to watch on netflix how about you any more from you i don't think so no um i did watch elemental i thought it was kind of okay yeah just okay good fun yeah interesting that you watched the Little Mermaid. I think when I reviewed that, I kind of liked it, but I think I remember at the time saying I thought Melissa McCarthy's performance seemed a bit pantomime, a bit over the top. For me, it didn't really quite fit in. Well, she was quite good, actually. Did you? I was quite surprised, yeah. She well, was the, the evil Ursula, yeah. I remember on holiday, my daughters were setting up that meme scene where she comes out of the water on the rock and flings her hair back to while she's singing the, <laughs> the big track from the film because it was like one of these TikTok memes. So we were doing it at the pool. <laughs> well, you were right. doing it as well, were you? I did do it once. Your, your I did do it once. You had, we were having to time it. <laughs> we were having to time it perfectly. So one person film, one person obviously played Little Mummy, and then the other two like jumped into the pool and splashed at exactly the right moment that you, you then like <laughs> lifted yourself Brilliant. out of the pool. Love yeah, it. anyway, that's, that's what I think of now, actually, when I think of the little mermaids. There you go. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Right. Good. I have a quiz. I know you do. What do you think the quiz is going to be on? I think the quiz is probably going to be on Colin Farrell. Uh-uh. uh Korea. On. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is it really? Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. This could be tricky. I know. I thought this could be a tricky one. Very left but it's field. Actually... Right. Okay. Very... Yeah. So obviously past lives has a Korean theme. So this is the theme of my quiz. So ding, ding. Ready? Yeah. Round one. Well, question one anyway. Name the movie where Young Ya Jung won an Oscar for actress in a supporting role. And this is where we follow Korean family moving to Arkansas farm. Oh, oh, we reviewed it. Oh. We reviewed it. God, what's it called? And it's got Stephen Young in it as well. <laughs> yeah, 
No oh, man, I can see it, and I can't think what the title is. No, I don't think I'm going to remember what the title no. is. Minari. Oh, I wouldn't have remembered Minari. that. Great film that was. Yeah, it was a good film. Name the 1970s movie, later TV series, that was about key personnel in United States Mobile Army Surgical Hospital, and it's set in the Korean War. Was it? Is it actually? First of all, is it Mash? Yes, it is Mash, but apparently set in the Korean War. Oh, yeah, I never, 19- I never yeah. knew that. Yeah, so 1953 was the Korean War. Question three: This movie won four Oscars in 2019, and Bong Joon-ho uh, was the director. Can you name the film? Parasite. Very good. Yeah, I like Parasite. It was good actually. Yeah, that was a good. On film my list as well. As well. Bong Joon-ho uh, also directed Snowpiercer, which has starring in it. Captain America and the ballet dancing northern chap in it. Can you name the two actors? So, Chris Evans. Yeah, and, Chris Evans. And the guy who played Billy Elliot, who is oh my god, I can't believe I can't remember his name. <laughs> oh, um, oh, he was also the guy who was in Bohemian, not Bohemian Raps. He was in um, the Elton John film as well. Oh, name. Jamie Bell. Yes, well done. Well, no, that doesn't. I mean, I can't have that. You can't give me that. I'll give you half a point. That's fine. The last one, question five. South Korean born Stephen Young, who also played Glenn in Walking Dead, uh, for those that uh, are followers of that. And he played a cowboy, Ricky Park, or Dupe, in which film? Nope. Yes, opposite Daniel Kaluuya. And if a cloud doesn't move for days, it just could be a UFO. <laughs> That's my takeaway from the film anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, what do you want to cover? Do you want to go on to the Korean-themed film or do you want to do In Bruges, Belgium or, or New York? Yeah, well, let's stick with Korea and New York. Let's go there. Right, we're going to Seoul and New York, okay? And that was our new film, and I'll tear it off. So Past Lives is the new film that we watched and I believe will be out on Apple TV Plus in the UK on the 20th of September. Uh, it's currently out on the US uh, Apple Plus and Apple um, US channels, but not at the moment in the UK. So I watched it at a cinema. It's written and directed by Celine Song, starring Greta Lee, Tiao Yu and John Maguero. So firstly, a question for you, because I know you've seen it. Do you think this film should be called Past Lives, as it's spelt, so past and back in the past, or do you think it should be called Past Lives, P-A-S-S-E-D? Well, I mean, Mm. I know where you're going with that. It could be either, couldn't it? Yeah, I think it's very much both. I mean, this movie, you're really watching this. They're running parallel, their lives, but they don't actually meet really until later on in life again. So I knew I was going to like this movie. From the first scene, really, because Nora and Hae Sung met when they were quite young. And they're, this is when they're in later life and they're sitting observing couples in the bar. But um, she's speaking out loud in her mind, observing her own relationship uh, with Hae Sung. However, she has this other man on her left hand side, which leaves you slightly intrigued as to who he is. It then backtracks about 24 years and you see Nora and also Hei Sung as much younger people who are quite fond of each other. Uh, however, the dad of Na Young is film director 
and the mom is an artist and they want to go to to live in Canada so that they can make more of their lives and 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 potentially he could get a bigger stronger career in in directing to my understanding so she's actually asked in class because you can see them in their school She's actually asked, why are you moving away? And she says, Koreans don't win Nobel Peace Prize for, for literature. So she, that's what she's been told. Uh, and actually it comes up later in conversation when uh, Hei Sung and her meet online as well. So she and her sister jet off with her parents and off to Canada. And then we find her as as an immigrant, actually, again, in, in New York, uh, where she's a playwright and writer. And she's changed her name to Nora. His son has, has done military service. He's he's an engineer at college and university where he thinks about it. He, he misses her. He wants to see her again. So he reaches out via Nora's dad's movie, social media webpage, I think, believe. And the mother, I think, spots this as well as Nora. And um, they connect through social media and then they start talking. However, they're talking, but they've got this long distance relationship happening. So... Really, this film deals with childhood sweethearts, relationships, long-distance relationships, marital relationships, because Nora gets married as well, and then soulmates all in one film. I find it quite a sweet movie, really. It's got a lot of charm to it, and you see some some lovely shots, urban shots of Seoul and New York, where both of them are living apart. But you've also got some very artistic shots as well um, taken where you can see the light coming through windows and reflections, etc. as well. So I think it's just a, got a lot of charm. It's, it's all about their relationship. And obviously she's married and how that affects their marital relationship later on as well. But Rob, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Well, I, I knew I was going to like this film. I think even from the trailer, just... Um getting a sense of what it looked like, you know, had a, had a feeling of something that was going to be quite gentle. And I was intrigued by the subject matter. Yeah, I feel like I just kind of got exactly what I thought I was going to get. I always like a film that deals with a genre, because you could argue this is a, it's a drama, essentially, but obviously there's a romance there, because is it about this couple who first got together as childhood sweethearts at school when they were whatever they were, all the way through to when Nori, as you say, is is married and has a new life in New York. And in between those two times, like you say, they meet, but they don't ever really meet up until the final third of the movie. And yet it opens with a scene of that particular time. It's just because I think it's unconventional. It like takes this idea of what would it be like if the person that you had a relationship with as a as a child or your your first love let's just say what would happen if you you just moved away and never really saw them again and mm. then you saw them I don't know like you might just see them on Facebook and you might be intrigued to you know maybe you still kind of got feelings and then you connect and then and then what would happen if if you then met them years and years later I just really like the fact that it was quite ambiguous as well. You felt like the movie was taking you in a certain direction and it would have been quite predictable had had it gone the way maybe you'd expect it to go. Would, would it be simple in terms of how like a drama and a romance might conventionally go? And it's obviously not like that at all. And it, I think it just plays around in this little niche area of a relationship which is bubbled along all the way through someone's life plagues their minds with all these thoughts 
whilst Nora is actually in a marriage, you know, has started a new life. And she's kind of let the old person into her life. She started a new life. Yeah. There are times you feel like she's still got feelings for Haesung. There are times when it feels like she will, sh- she hasn't. And then you also obviously kind of seen this through from Haesung's point of view as well. He almost doesn't want to be too forward because by the time he does meet her, she's married, but they still do meet. It's all very delicate. And I think yeah. it's delicate in terms of the complexity. It's delicate in terms of the pacing. It's delicate in terms of the cinematography, which you mentioned, which I think is, mm, beaut- I think is it beautiful. Is. It is, it, yeah. It has this like almost dreamlike quality. You get, like you say, you get a lot of long shots, lingering long shots. You get voiceover whilst you're watching these scenes. It's almost like you're eavesdropping into like a really sensitive private conversations Mm. that are kind of interesting and intriguing and awkward and yeah I just felt it's not really like any other film that I've ever seen before in terms of dealing with these kind of relationships and so for that I really liked it the only part of it which I struggled with was when Haesung visits Nora Nora's husband Arthur when Arthur of course learns that Haesung's coming over and bearing in mind, Nora's shared all this. She she shared the fact that he was like someone that he she was kind of together with the child, with Arthur. She shared the fact that they've they've started this friendship up again. She shares all this stuff with him. Yeah, and I'm thinking, crikey! I mean, if I was him, I would naturally feel quite threatened or quite mm. unstable. At, you know, I would I would feel like. And, and you're going to let him come over. And he and he is so good in so much as it's like he lets her have her moment. She feels she has to meet him um, yeah. to form some kind of closure, however that closure goes. Fair play to him that he allowed it to happen and, and how friendly he was. But let's yeah. just say there were scenes when they are all at the bar, they go out for a meal, where Nora and Hei Sing are chatting at the bar, speaking Korean. And although Arthur does know some Korean, he can't keep up with a complete conversation. And he's kind of on the sidelines to the point where her back's turned to him and they're having a conversation. Uh, and, and I must admit, I was like, wow. Bit awkward. Bit awkward. And I found, I so I found that whole damn dynamic the most fascinating thing. And, yeah. and I found some of it almost too unbelievable. But that's a minor quibble. I, I really liked it. I, I completely agree with that. And it just goes to show the strength of their relationship. But all, you've got to remember she's an immigrant from Korea and maybe that's what's in his mind. She wants to have, give her some time. Uh, she's been taken away from a country that she was raised in as a young child and to connect with somebody from her past. So he he allows that. However, you can see there's a tiny bit of jealousy there because the, in the bathroom she's telling him all about... Um, I know. I know. And, and he, he's I'm just watching it. And I'm like, watching it and like, thinking, this guy. Yeah, it's like, that's really, wow. But he obviously trusts her because she is so open like that at the same time. And at the end, you do see some tears. You could tell she's gutted with the I, ending. But yeah. We can't I'm give anything away about it. We can't, can't give it away. Give any, but, but I, the well, ending, I, I came away from that ending going just like, wow. The like, ending was right and respectful, I think. So I think the ending was how it should have been. But it, I did feel I would have liked to have a different ending. I know exactly But what, what, I, what brought, drew me in and, and why it's their facial expression. They didn't have to speak. 
They just, yeah. the emotions were all coming through their facial and body language. And it was infectious when they were all giggly and looking at each other lovingly. You kind of had that sort of warmth on 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 yourself as well. It was just a lot of charm, and and I just loved that. There were times when I was watching when they were having those conversations when she was, you know, they were doing the day trips. It was just those two sharing these kind of charming moments. When I just thought, I was thinking to Hey Sung, just say it. She's she's wanting mm. you to. She's wanting you, rightly or wrongly, however, whichever way it goes, she wants you to say how you feel. And he, he's not going to do it because he's he, he can't he can't because she's married and and he's not going to do that. And I think you're absolutely right if you think about it. Both Hayson, all three of them, they're just good people. If you think about it, they're, all of them are very respectful and good people. And you know the outcomes aren't necessarily what you would predict or what you might think. But when you reflect mm. on it all, you think like you, you kind of think, well, fair play as yeah. to how that all worked but- out. Isn't that their culture? I mean, Korean culture is quite respectful, very family orientated that I've seen when I've seen movies and things. So maybe yeah. that's what they're portraying and pre- reflecting as well. Also to add John Magaro, great to see him in this movie as well, because I mean, I've seen him in the big short, um, Unbroken, Captain Phillips, and also Big George more recently as well, where he's helping George Foreman with his boxing career. And I think he's got, he's sort of a rising star really i know he's done lots of stuff in the past but i think he, he played um a bit of a stronger role in this really and i think he would I, I like to see him a bit more in some of these movies as i'd like to see greta lee and and Chow yao as well because um i think they beautifully played their parts in the, in this film so yeah and this was pretty much i think the second movie that celine song has directed and written so i think we're gonna see uh, a bit like boon jong hao I think we might see more coming from Celine's song as well. And I'd love to see this nominated for Oscars as well. I think it's got that credibility. I think it could be up there. Yeah, I agree. I think it's got Oscars written all over it. Certainly nominations, certainly nominations. And you're right. I think there's going to be more to come. One other thing is they they mentioned Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. And I've heard, it's weird, this is twice this week I've heard this film mentioned because I was listening to a Radio 1 and they had a, DJs were having a competition around trying to guess what the movie was and it came up then as well. I'm going to have to watch it. I've completely forgotten into Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind and, and uh, it was shown in this movie as well as being her one of her favourite films and he was watching it over in Korea. So that's something I need to watch and whether there's some similarities from that film into this one as well one of my favorite films is on my list ah, there you go good what are you going to give it i think i'm going to give it quite a high mark i'm, I'm going to give it nine and a half Ooh. i liked it that much like i say i'm not sure i wholly believe how some of this film went but you know it could happen and the rest of it right up my strata the whole pacing the look the acting yeah, the, the, you know, so nine and a half for me. Yeah, nine for me, exactly the same reasons, really. I don't think it's quite a 10 because it plodded on occasions, but yeah, I think as well. it was beautifully done, beautifully acted, and I just found the emotions infectious. It was it was just lovely to watch. So nine really good scores there, so definitely worth watching. That film, Past Lives. There we go. And we've got to go over to Belgium now to In Bruges. So in Bruges, so this is um, written and directed by Martin McDonough. Uh, it's a dark, very dark comedy crime thriller. 
Um, this is McDonough, who has brought us movies such as Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and more recently The Banshees of Inishirin, which has a direct connection to In Bruges because it also stars Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Um, so this is a story that revolves around two Irish hitmen. We have the young and almost childlike Ray, played by Farrell, and the old and wise Ken, played by Gleeson, who were sent to Bruges, Belgium, by their boss, Harry, um, played by Ralph Fiennes, after a hit goes horribly wrong, costing the life of an innocent little boy. Whilst in Bruges, they're instructed just to lay low, don't do anything, and await instructions. Uh, so you've got Ray, who is guilt-ridden and deeply troubled, as he obviously feels he's responsible for the boy's death. In sadly, he he is. And then we have Ken, who's like a mentor and father figure to Ray. It was Ray's first hit that this happened, and so he tries to show him like the beauty of Bruges to distract him. And you know, whenever Ray brings it up he tries to ease his conscience but they are chalk and cheese when it comes to their appreciation for culture so whilst ken really actually enjoys getting to know bruges walking around this amazing fairy tale like medieval city and exploring all of the history and the architecture and all this kind of stuff Ray just hates it. He just thinks it's rubbish. Quite simple. Very much like a childhood, to be quite honest. Instead, he's more interested in going to have a drink and just walking around. And he stumbles one night upon this film set that's taking place in the city where he meets local girl Chloe, played by Clemence Poesi, Fleur, I believe, from Harry Potter back in the day, and who he starts dating. And he also meets on the film set this dwarf actor, named Jimmy, played by Jordan Prentice, who he keeps bumping into whilst drinking and out partying at various points. So they have this kind of strange connecting, I wouldn't say friendship, but anyway. So, but and little does Ray know that the unexpected twists and turns that these two new acquaintances will have on his time in Bruges, which ultimately results in a visit from mob boss Harry looking to clean up the mess that these two have left. I'm not going to say any more. I think that pretty much sets it up. If you've seen the Banshees of Inishirin or you've seen Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, you'll, you'll kind of know this guy's style. It's very dark comedy. And what do you think? So this is a very different film for Brendan Gleeson from a young, hairy Hamish in Braveheart. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which we reviewed last time to... I think it may have, he may have been like this, but it definitely was was what Ray was like, who, who Farrell played. Very racist, heightist, and curt Ken in in this in Bruges, but Ray was I think the the ruder one and brash one than Ken. So I didn't like it the first time I watched it. However, I was a bit more open this time and brushed that past me. And really, what I was watching was a blossoming relationship between Ken and Ray, uh, two hitmen. Yeah, as you said, one appreciating life in Bruges, the other completely not enjoying it at all. And I think they had to spend, was it a month or two months they were going to spend in Bruges? Which I think, I think I they think were like gobsmacked, you know, yeah. in this, this B&B in Bruges. Beautiful, some beautiful shots of Bruges, actually. And I was thinking, oh, is that where they filmed Mission Impossible running down the side of the canal? But it may have been Venice, I'm not sure. Anyway, 
I think um, Ray just wanted to be loved. He, he, he was this always puppy dog eyes all the time. He was feeling sorry for himself. And then, yeah, he met Chloe. Um, he rightly, yes, you said it was uh, Fleur Delacour from Harry Potter that she, she played. And also she's been more recently in The Essex Serpent as well. Um, and she's got a couple of other things that coming up as well, which is, which is good to see. But yeah, very young Colin Farrell. And also Clemence Posey. And I don't think Brennan Gleeson seems to age. He just stays the same age, doesn't he? Even though he was, he was, he did look younger and brave up, but he just seems, doesn't seem to age. I think this film came to life a bit more when Ralph Fiennes appeared in the film. I think he's usually a well-spoken gentleman or a dodgy gentleman. And uh, in this movie, he's a Londoner, London gangster, really. Well off, but he was a bit of a Londoner and out to kill Ray for the mistake he made. And he would have apparently killed himself for the crime he committed there and then. And I wish he had really come into the movie a bit earlier, to be honest. He changed the dynamics of the relationship between Ray and Ken and also... It just got a bit more interesting, exciting. And, you know, you, you feel sorry for the puppy dog eyed Ray, but then you move now into a cat and mouse caper, really, as, as Ralph Fiennes' character, Harry, comes into play. I've noticed depression has touched on in the Banshees of Inishirin and also in this film, male depression. You see themselves almost killing themselves in both of those films. And I've noticed also in, I think, Three Billboards, it was quite depressive in, on occasions with Francis McDormand in that as well. So I don't know whether. There's something there that Martin McDonough has in the back of his mind, whether that's his his hip depression before, I don't, I don't know. But what is interesting also is Martin McDonough, um, he's partnered with the recent Indiana Jones lady, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Can you imagine going out with those two, the bunch of comedians, those two? <laughs> but... I don't know what else can I, I could say about the movie. It was it's a hitman comedy, really. Yeah, a dark comedy, and you get to see some great scenes of Bruges and how they both perceive uh, one another and their environment wrapped around them and the context as well. So that's all I can say, really. But I kind of liked it. Really, it was a little bit cheeky gangster-esque as well in, in all in one and it, it did plod enough right at the start and in the middle really and that's why i thought it got more interesting when ralph vines popped in yeah that's what i'd like to say really what about you have you got any more thoughts yeah i, I what i like about martin mcdonough because you know you, we've seen him do it in, in other films he definitely loves this whole area of weaving dark you know humor into drama with quite mm. big existential themes of guilt redemption all this kind of stuff so yeah i find it quite fascinating that he deals with those quite serious subjects and at times there are some difficult scenes emotionally to watch juxtaposed to the most absurd comedy interactions where it's just two blokes just talking absolute nonsense that you kind of get caught up in and one point it's very touching and moving another point it's actually laugh out loud funny other times it's like almost absurd in some remarks the way in which in this particular film like you say it it becomes a caper and the way in which like the different characters end up having all playing their part in the kind of grand finale it's almost in a strange way kind of quite pantomime towards the end Mm -hmm. but strangely affecting which i find quite puzzling in some ways because there were times Ray can be such a dislikable character with some of the things he says, like you say, effectively, especially early on in the film. And I don't really I think rude, it's, isn't it? Yeah, rude, like calling dwarves midgets and the kind of language he uses to the point where you probably wouldn't see 
the same words being used maybe in a, if he was to write it today i think it was very close to the edge some of the mm. some of the kind of but, language but jimmy was racist as well the the, the dwarf he um, was he and was, like so, so that's so that's like, exactly like um, wow I I know, that, and that's almost like that's almost like how they get away with it because yeah. like well he ends up like that um yeah i mean there's a particular scene in it where they're both kind of sat down on a bench and something dramatic has just happened. And then you get this quiet moment and like it almost from nowhere, Ray just breaks down in tears, properly in tears on on Ken's shoulder. And it really is, it's like, whoa, man, you know, although like this guy, yeah, he's a hitman. Of course, you're not going to feel sorry for what he did, but equally he's, he kind of doesn't know how to deal with what he's just done as he gets, he, he kind of like wants to kill himself. And like, is that going to work out? And if he doesn't kill himself, what kind of life he's going to have? And even when, and Ken, bless him, you know, you could argue is you know, obviously the other, a bit further on in his life, like the father figure, he is there from as much as he can. And, and, and the way in which it plays out, that does have a lot of tragedy involved. Mm. So I, I suppose I like his films because it's this combination, like I said, tragedy, dark comedy. It's very emotional. It's farcical and absurd at times. It's all just kind of mixed together. It never lets you settle. It's not like you hit a really moving moment and it continues, it continues. It doesn't. The, the moving moment suddenly just stops and you're into like crazy comedy or, or, <laughs> or brutal violence or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I didn't I, think it was that violent. It was it, it was a violent on occasions, but I've seen a lot worse. True. I would say I agree with you. I forgot about Ralph Fiennes' character as Harry, completely forgot about Harry. And he's fantastic as a character. I think he's fantastic. And that when he, like you say, when he comes into it, it suddenly kicks into quite an exciting gear. And especially the scenes between Harry and Ken, like you've got Ken, who's his like his staunch hitman who working together for years. And they find themselves in this predicament when they're both really effectively want to kill each other. But are they going to kill each other? Because beneath it all, they've kind of got this weird respect and are friends but it, 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 it's really interesting. You know, the scene and t- mm. the scenes we're talking yeah, about up in, the, yeah. up in the clock tower. So I, I agree with you. Uh, he was great. And I think I'm a bit like you. I just enjoyed it. It was, it was like you say, it's more than mischievous. It's, it's heavier than that, but it is probably, it's probably how I came away from it. I thought it probably is a bit mischievous the way he weaves all that together. And I, yeah, I just enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. I definitely preferred it the second time. I'd, I'd maybe maybe you have to be in a certain mood to watch it. I, I don't know. But um, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. When I put it on, I thought, oh, here we go. I'm not going to like this. And actually, it surprised me. I did actually quite like it. So, so yeah, eight, 8 out of 10 for me. It just plodded on occasions again. So I'll give it 8 out of 10 as well because you're right. The stuff in Bruges eventually does plod a bit. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I think with his type of films... I think you either warm to them or you don't. Yeah. Uh, so that's true. You know, it all depends how you yeah. take all the all those genres thrown together. Yeah. So so good good films this week, and uh, also you know very cultural as well. So learnt quite a bit. Absolutely. Bruges. Absolutely. I've been to Bruges before. Oh, so, I've, uh... been to Bru- I've been to Bruges once. It's and it is exactly as they describe it. It's like a medieval fairy tale. That sounds very nice. I'd like yeah. to go. I haven't been to Seoul either, but I don't know whether you've been to Seoul. I haven't been, surprisingly. Yeah. I haven't got to Seoul yet. Been to New York, though, so that, that's one um, off my bucket list, so that's good. I will go again one day. Anyway, on to the films for this week. Yes, that's right. So the newbie is going mm-hmm. to be a film called The Creator, 
um, which is going to be in cinema September the 28th. And this is a film by Gareth Edwards, who brought us Rogue One and Godzilla and the likes, against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence, a former soldier finds the secret weapon, a robot in the form of a young child, which kind of sounds a bit freaky and intriguing at the same time. And this stars John David Washington and Madeline Una Voiles, who I think is probably a bit of a newcomer as the, as the young girl amongst others. So yes, that is the newbie. So it sounds good. And the oldie, this is going to be me picking a film off your list. So Yes, it is. I'm going to name the genres that are left, and then I'm picking a genre for, for your list. So we've got fantasy, comedy, romance, crime, thriller, horror, sci-fi, or guilty pleasure left. And I'm going to go for... Do you know what? As we've got the creator, I'm going to go for a sci-fi, a couple of sci-fis. Okay. I have ten. Ten. I'll go for number five. Number five is Alita Battle Angel. Oh, it's, a, it's a, new, a very new one, actually. Nin, uh, 2019, Christopher Waltz and Jennifer Connelly. And it's a sci-fi adventure. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it, but I remember when it came out. So I remember all, I remember the, the, all the kind of hype around it and stuff. So, no, that's a good one. That's a very good one. But in actual fact, given that it's about humans and cyborgs and all that kind of stuff. So it's actually probably quite a nice one to sit alongside the creator. So here we go. This is from, as you say, 2019, Action Adventure Sci-Fi, a deactivated cyborgs revived, but can't remember anything of her past and goes on a quest to find out who she is. And I believe Alita is based on a famous graphic novel series i believe that's that's been, anime yeah, yeah that has anime? that has been made into anime so yeah, yeah, yeah. there's quite yeah. a lot of heritage behind this film so alita battle angel is streaming currently on disney plus you can rental buy from amazon and apple tv and rakuten tv so uh look out for those good stuff right so what have you got on your plates can you this... see me i'm sat in dark i've just it noticed yeah. I am sat in the dark. I feel like a Blair Witch Project at the moment. <laughs> the light of my, my laptop is lighting up my face. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a lost footage film, isn't it? <laughs> to be fair, though, today has felt like that. It's the first day where there's been... Yeah. Wintery, wimble, yeah, tunnel. Day. Turning. It's turning. I start, Winter we, is coming. Exactly. It's that kind of day in this afternoon where you, you want to either be inside having a roast or down the pub having a drink and having a roast yeah. or just inside, basically. Or just watching a film. A or watching film. you right. It's pretty, it has been perfect, <laughs> perfect day for watching film. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that that's not it. You know, bye well, bye it, sunshine. <laughs> It was ridiculous, though, last week. It was like the hottest day of the year or something ridiculous like that. So I'm expecting it to be snow, really snowy this year. I think our, our weather is so extreme. Yeah, that's probably right. It's going to be, we're going to have, a, you know, snow. Maybe we'll have a white Christmas. There you go. Let's put a, let's put a bet on that. White Christmas? <laughs> a white Christmas. That means there has to be a snowflake that that is. Isn't it something like the has, a snowflake has to land? I think so. In a yeah. certain place on Christmas Day for it to be officially yeah. a white Christmas. Yeah, but if it's if there's one up in, up in Aberdeen, for example, because there snows all uh, snows all the time up in Aberdeen. That's the only thing that counts, on, isn't it? 
I always, it always, snows, always snows up there. I think it's got to be, I don't want to be colloquial or anything, but hasn't it got to be like in England? Well, maybe. I think it's got to like drop on some building in London or something. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> We're going to look it up. Going to look it up. Yeah. Anyway, I reckon, yeah, it's very extreme weather that we've got at the moment across the world and uh it's a bit concerning on occasions anyway um yeah i'm sat in the dark because it's now 7 20 and soon i guess the clocks will be changing as well next month october absolutely oh. could you try again Siri's october to me. i said october Siri. <laughs> interesting question Interesting question, yeah. Oh, what's what? What is what's the question? Anyway, I can't really see. We're talking about Christmas already. It's miles think, away. Let's not talk. But about hang Christmas. on a minute. Hang on a minute. I know you what you're say were now. singing a Christmas song. That's oh. usually bad luck, you know. Um, oh, great. You were singing a Christmas song before we joined the recording. I know. I don't know why. My my daughter's obsessed with Christmas. She's already talking about Christmas. She listens to Christmas songs already. Has been for the last two or three weeks in the car. In the house, she's obsessed about making sure the decorations are perfect this year. It's got to yeah. be good, Dad. We've got to do it. Got to do it properly. Got to get a good colour scheme. I'm like, oh my god, it's September. They, apparently, it, in August, there some garden centres. I, I watched it on BBC Breakfast News or something like that. They were having um, Christmas decorations out because the the they didn't do so well over the summer because it rained all the, the whole time over the summer so people weren't going to their garden centers as much and uh so they're putting out the christmas decorations to entice people to come in and spend a bit of money it's early. crazy it's crazy i mean that it's, it is pretty much the summer now then than when it starts yeah yeah i would like a bit of sunshine do you know what normally around the 25th of december which used to be my dad's birthday it's usually warm so i'm hopeful that we'll get some sunshine next week and uh, and then October, it could be even warm then because we have had warm Halloweens before. Yeah. So you never know. You never know. It might just be a lull with the with the rain and the and the storms. And tune in uh, next so. week for for another the weather, weather forecast. Watch. Another weather watch. <laughs> exactly. We've gone we've gone from talking about what we're going to have for, for dinner to, to, to go and watch a film called Geostorm or something like that now. <laughs> Super. Anyway, let's close it there. All right then. Thanks for okay. listening. All right, bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> uh, amazing.